Garrity and I'm here with my colleagues Nikki Lambert and Dave Munday to tell you a little bit about MHTV, what we are, what we've been up to and where we're going next with it. MHTV, if you don't know, stands for Mental Health TV and we are a weekly streamed mental health programme where we interview a variety of guests talking about topics that relate to mental health, whether that's talking about a piece of mental health nurse policy, practice, research, or anything topical that people are interested in talking about that we might have noticed on, say, social media, for example, and we feel that we should bring it to the mental health community as a whole. In a minute, you will hear from Dave and Nikki as they share their thoughts and experiences about MHTV. But I'm first going to share with you a little bit of a reflection about how we got together and um, and how we got to where we are now with it. So my background is in mental health nursing and I have been really active on social media for probably going on for a decade now. I've run Twitter chats for a long time and offered a, a social media support in a variety of ways. I'm really passionate about um, social media and um, particularly social media in mental health nursing. And I'm particularly passionate about how we democratise conversations about mental health. So how we create an online space where anybody can join the conversation in a way that they couldn't do offline. So it would have been really easy for me just to run a series of Twitter chats for mental health nurses to join in and connect with each other. But I felt that although we would reach a lot of people doing that, what was really needed was some sort of connection and um, that sort of face to face connection between mental health nurses was really important. By chance, I had a very serendipitous conversation with Nikki and Dave, who'd been having similar thoughts. And between us, we decided to experiment with MHTV. And that's pretty much what it was, really. It was an experiment. We didn't know whether anyone would join in. Um, we didn't know whether we'd have any viewers or people interested in it. But we did it on a voluntary basis and we just decided, you know, it's worth trying. Let's do it. So that's what we did. And you'll hear from Dave in a minute and he'll share some of the statistics um, and talk to you a little bit about some of the engagement we've had with MHTV as we've gone along. But it's been very much um, a homegrown organic process. None of us are media trained. None of us appeared to to offer MHTV. None of our guests appeared. It's a very voluntary thing. And I think that's part of the magic of it because um, the informality of how we run it hopefully encourages people to get involved in the conversations and not feel scared to express an opinion. And that's got to be good for mental health nursing and for mental health practice, I think. So we very much started out wanting to create a space for mental health nurses to come together during the community uh, as part of the community during lockdown. Um, but what we realised was beyond the sort of pandemic discussions, there was an opportunity here to actually create something for mental health nurses online that didn't exist before. So um, what started as, you know, just a short term um, offer has become a weekly programme that we've run for the past year. 
and um and it's been it's been great and we've had a lot of engagement from a lot of people and um, we've featured a variety of guests on the MHTV and it continues to thrive and and develop so in terms of where it goes next who knows but we've certainly got a lot more guests scheduled um in the months ahead and um Nikki and Dave and I continue to be really motivated in bringing MHTV to the mental health nursing community. So I'm going to hand you over to um, to Dave and Nikki now, who will share some thoughts with you, some statistics and a bit more um, info on MHTV. And thanks for listening. So obviously, like Vanessa said, uh, we wanted to do something online and using sort of, uh, you know, video rather than just uh, tweets, uh, as, as we've done in the past. Uh, and actually, uh, MHNA, uh, we've been doing some online conferences for a few years where we've had physical events, but we've also had a live stream that's gone on to Facebook Live. Uh, and certainly we wanted to carry on doing that. Uh, but obviously with the kind of the not the chance to do that during lockdown where we've not been able to have physical events, this really was a brilliant way of kind of uh, replacing that uh, but actually doing it in uh, an even better way so we use a few different bits of uh, software to be able to achieve it uh, obviously Facebook live is our main way of getting the kind of the images and the uh, audio out to the world uh, but we actually have kind of like a, a back office thing that we use called OBS so what we do with that is we get the different uh, live feeds from zoom from individuals uh, we kind of put them all together on a screen uh, and then that gives us some, you know, basic TV production kind of stuff that we can do. Uh, and it's been really good because not only is it that we can have conversations with people, uh, it's also been that we can share videos, share presentations, and hopefully we can make it a bit more of a sort of an interesting experience for people that's watching. I think one of the things I'm also really, really proud of is the fact that we've kind of been able to use MHTV to replace some of the other things that have been lost during lockdown. Mm. So last year we did the Skellen Lecture. Uh, we also did last year's MHNR conference online. Uh, and we really made, uh, you know, brought it to, to the advantage of people where, you know, they could still experience it uh, and could experience it for free and, and really kind of leverage it for, you know, lots more people getting involved. Uh, and I think, you know, I think we feel really proud of that as, as you know, the three of us for, for doing that. It's also been really nice because I've been contacted by a few different individuals saying, you know, we want to do it ourselves for our own sort of you know, charity work or for, you know, getting other messages out there. So I've been able to talk the process through with individuals and they've then been able to go off and, and, and try it themselves. And I'd encourage anyone that watches MHTV, if you want to have a go doing something similar, you know, I'd be more than happy to talk through the process in, in more detail. In terms of statistics, uh, obviously we've had uh, lots of people have watched it, thank goodness. It's not just been the three of us talking in, in, a, in a, you know, closed room. Uh, and obviously since our launch last May, uh, we've had 64,000 minutes of video watched on Facebook. Uh, and we kind of average about 400 to 1,000 views per episode, which, you know, I think is absolutely excellent. When you think about, a, you know, if, if you're thinking about a really good conference, you'd kind of think 400 people is a great conference, isn't it? That's a, a big audience. But we're kind of averaging that for every episode, which is brilliant. 
on our YouTube page, we found that that's not as popular, but obviously that's not the live product. What we do is we host the video after we've done it live on Facebook over to our YouTube uh, video, uh, uh, platform. Uh, and on that, we've had over 37,000 minutes of video watched over the last year. And we've actually seen that 86,000 people have seen something about MHTV. So it, again, you know, one of the common criticisms that, that I hear, and I'm sure Vanessa and Nikki are the same, are, you know, no one knows what mental health nurses do, no one promotes it as a profession. But actually, MHTV is such a strong way of doing that and getting that message out there. We also bundle up the audio from each episode and we put it onto our podcast channel, uh, which is MH Pod. Uh, we do that because obviously for some people, they can't sit in front of a computer screen. Maybe they want to listen to it while they're commuting or they're you know, at the gym or they're uh, you know, doing something else that, that it, it works for them. So we, we make it available, as I say, as a podcast as well. And uh, over the last year, we've had, uh, you know, about uh, over 8,000 uh, people that have listened to it. Uh, and we find that, you know, we're getting sort of a, a good few people uh, listening to each episode. So hopefully, you know, making it available in lots of different ways for lots of different people, uh, at, you know, 24-7 at a time that suits them, you know, really makes it something that works for people. So hopefully that's given a good overview of how it works and the stats. But obviously, if you want to ask any questions, then the question time is coming up soon. But straight over to you, Nikki. Thank you very much for sticking with us. Um, uh, Dave and, and Vanessa have both been saying this is about um, connection. It's about sharing practice. It's about celebrating mental health and mental health work. Um, and one of the things we've been doing is very much trying to see this as a, a kind of community of digital practice. And that's a way that we um, construct knowledge together and share it together, but in a very democratic and open way. Um, we're used, I think, in, in terms of being nurses, of sharing good practice and learning from each other. And this is just another way of doing that, but doing it in a way which is um, yeah, connected across time, really, because you can watch these episodes whenever you want. And we find sometimes people use them in teaching because sometimes online teaching can be a bit can be a bit dry if you're just watching a screen as you are now and um, but if you see a conversation and then you come onto a, a group of students it's much easier for them to have that experience the other thing we find is some practitioners have felt extremely isolated during this time and just being able to hear people talking about um, ideas and having a passion and an interest in our in our subject is hugely important and that's how we stick together as a community as a family of nursing so the things that we try to do are be supportive allow lots of uh, we're very permeable, so we allow lots of comment and we encourage and expect active engagement. And we very much see um, the people who enjoy and belong to this group as, as, as a group, as people who belong to it. So things that you can also think about when you're creating a, a, a community of digital network is, is about how we learn these skills. And I think in the past, nursing of all kinds, not just mental health and mental health work, we've, at the start of the pandemic, we were way back in terms of the way that we thought about online work. And there was a, all these barriers saying that this practice couldn't happen, but it be in practice, be it in the clinic practice or in education or in emotional support. And all those barriers have come down with COVID. Um, and there's, and I think as, as well as providing all the opportunities that, that the guys have just talked about, it also flags up a few things that we need to be a bit more cautious about as well. So you can assume that, you know, if we look at the one on the right-hand side, that community, that social learning, that's wholly positive. We can see that as professional nurses, it's changing the way we think about practice, but it's also changing the way we think about CPD and learning. 
but it also brings around, if you work with students or maybe younger practitioners, all those contradictions with how do we manage our personal and professional self? How do we take the best of ourselves as individuals and then put that into something much, much bigger into our professional presentation? And that's something that Vanessa with We Mental Health Nurses has been a, for, a champion of for, for a long, long time. So there's something to be said about how we encourage people to be socially literate. Um, and also thinking about more generally, um, mental health is a world where there's full of, of misunderstanding from the general public. There's quite low levels of emotional and mental health literacy still considering, you know, all the stigma busting campaigns that we've had and actually having people on alongside um, staff, students, service users, all together, all having an equal say is really, really important. Um, and I think it will help people to understand a little bit more about mental health, mental illness, and what we're trying to achieve. But also that idea about information literacy is very important. You know, we've seen um, from some of the campaigns and some of the problems that we've had over the last few years, that sometimes people do struggle to tell the difference between good quality data and bad quality data online particularly. And one of the things that we've been able to do in mental health um, TV is talk about policy and talk about research in a way that's made it much more accessible. And I think when people are less afraid of information, they're much better at then disentangling what it means for them and being able to be kind of critical in their appraisal of it. Uh, the other thing that we've been trying to do very much is to be as open, transparent, um, diverse and accessible as possible. So if you have something that you want to talk to us about or you have an issue around mental health that you want to share, please get in touch with one of us and we'll see what we can do because all voices are welcome. So when you're trying to create a community like, like this, um, help people to understand their op options, choices and skills, how they can join in. Um, also, we need to role model um, how these tools can be used. And I'm, when I'm talking about learners, I'm talking about us all, because we're all learning and we're all growing in terms of how we manage this new space. Um, and the other thing we want to do a lot is bring in those underrepresented um, uh, uh, underrepresented uh, viewpoints. And when I'm talking about disillusionment, I'm not talking about teaching as in, in a classroom, I'm talking about role modeling. You know, I think sometimes we've lived a long time with kind of comments from nurses you know nurses eat their young and that none of that is acceptable you know and I think we need to be a really strong challenges of that so you know you, we, we shouldn't teach um students and young practitioners to feel powerless to feel um depressed about the thought of, of being a nurse those things are not they're not helpful and I think there's something about celebrating a lot more than we do um so invite people Say hello to them, encourage, as David said, make yourself available as many platforms as possible and um, figure out what it is you want to do and then choose the platform. I think where a lot of these kind of um, ideas go wrong is that people find a platform and they try and make it work no matter what, regardless of whether it suits or not. And people can get quite evangelical about different platforms. So be absolutely utilitarian. What do you need to do? Who can best serve your needs? We're really, really pleased that you uh, came to watch us today and I would love to take your questions. Thank you.